And hello, we're back, and um, we're not back with Valk this time, we're back with another guest, uh, my boy Outlandis from uh, BOP Podcast. Alright, so this isn't going to necessarily possibly be a long one, but uh, there are some stuff I want to say after afterwards, but we are talking about music and anime. Now, with music and anime, there's a lot to consider. Um... One of the biggest things that uh, that I forgot about was the first time that music played a big part in anime in general. And that was with Lin Manay from Macross. <laughs> That's a classic. Yeah, she was. Uh, not only was she one of the biggest factors that brought music into anime, follow coming after her, she was also the first idol in anime, which mm-hmm. is a fun fact. Um. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that come tied to that, but what I, but what we really want to talk about today is like what's becoming of anime and music and vice versa and how they influence each other. And uh, I know this is something you really like, so why don't you go ahead and start us off, Outlandish? So yeah, pretty much like anime and music pretty much go hand in hand with me. Um, honestly, like because as you know, I'm a huge like music fan and. Pretty much what started for me with anime was the music of anime. Through the composers, through the intros, through all like the music that you would hear. It's like, it's what brought my love for music and my love of anime was through that music. Okay, yeah, no, that's that's a good thing. For me, like... I like I got introduced to anime uh, because of a couple of friends and uh, we were all hanging out. But like I've always had an affinity for music to a degree. I mean, I grew up singing in a church choir, so like I was in music for as long as I can remember. I've tried learning multiple instruments, but I never actually had a teacher per se or like had the chance to stick with it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just stuck with vocal like, vocals and singing and. Um, I think what really like cemented a lot of me re um watching anime because like before when I first got into it I was reading a little bit more than watching and one of the biggest things that got me into it was around the time when uh Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Shampoo. Oh man, Yoko Kano. Oh the music she yes. does. The music that's pretty much what got me, like, first, like, to actually appreciate and love music was her. Yes. Now, despite all of that, the one show that got me, and the one artist from a particular opening and ending, that really, like, made me pay attention to the music in anime wasn't Samurai Shampoo. That was after the fact. Mm-hmm. It was fully coolie. The pillows, uh-huh. the ending theme song, the ending theme song. I still remember vividly. One day, it was like one o'clock or something, and like I just happened to wake up and I looked up at my TV, and that ending theme song for Fully Cooly was playing on the TV, and I made it a point as a kid to stay up to see what that was because it was so good. I loved that song. I love the melody. I love the instrumental that was, that was part of it and everything. And I was just like, I need to know what this is. And that's when it started. It slowly crept up to the point where I am now, what I want to do with my life. But it was like a little inkling of a seed, per se, 
that's a good speed to to go on though, because yeah, that the, the I remember the music from that anime was so good. It was like at the time I was more into like music at that time, so it wasn't like my first. Like I said, my first aunt, to me was like starting with the whole um, spirited away and music of that nature because. Um, I don't know if you know the composer of those the Miyazaki movies, Joe Hisashi. Yeah, he's the one who got me into really like the introduction because you know he did the music for like pretty much all the movies like Nausicaa, My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, and all those movies. And I mean, I'm sure you know the movies. Like those music in that movies are just beautiful. Yeah, the mu- the music in those movies are actually very nice and very good to listen to, because there there's like there are plenty of genres and different takes that you can do on the same style of music, but there's mm-hmm. nothing that can f- there's a lot that can fit for different situations, which is like a really big uh, wall that a lot of producers and um, music leads have when they're composing. Is that they have to figure out what depending on what you're doing it for. Like if you're doing an album, it's pretty straightforward. It's from your vision, so mm-hmm. you have to make it fit your vision. But when you're doing something off of a um, work, like for an anime, you have to find something that fits and find something that works with it. And it wasn't the '90s that really started that boom. It was a little bit earlier, around the '70s, where we really had music really start to um, get involved. Because the themes, the theme music for those were really impactful. Like they really helped set up a lot of the shows, going from Space Battleship Yamoto to uh, was it a uh, Mazinger Z? Like the theme songs in all of these were like really solid. They weren't probably yeah, about the Gundams too. They were they were solid songs too. Oh yes, I know. Oh I know. But like, there's a lot that um goes into composing music a lot more than uh, even I know to this day and I want to go to school for it and understanding that and knowing what they're doing with music in the anime scene is very nice especially coming up to now the boom of one of the first things I wanted to talk about uh, topic wise was the boom of idol anime and I know this is something you were well versed in oh very well versed in this <laughs> yes, why don't you take the lead on this one because like I know a little bit but not too too much well yeah because pretty much the boom started with you know the eye with idols like because with that type of music was popular was the idol music which came out it started in the 90s and then lately of course it's been a huge boom of that with like you know live love 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 live um of course what started in the 2000s like lucky star things of that nature k-on like stuff like that it's like those are music driven animes and they have legit like huge followings like legit concerts they it's like Fans, like huge fans of those type of musics, and they treat them like the actual like pop stars, but they're like anime. <laughs> the biggest thing too to remember with those is that like I think to this day still is the head and show head and cut above the rest was Idol Master. Idol Master has classic. The most, 
renditions of different characters and different age groups like there's a new one every generation essentially if i'm not mistaken and they are still arguably the most popular when it comes to the idol group genre that is true that is true it pretty much it made it it pretty much made it popular to what it is right now because of that yes and like when you think about it like a lot of the idol music is like really cool because like it's not only just like group music but it's sp- it spawns a lot of different um interactions with the anime community mm-hmm. that's what sliding, i love about it personally yeah sliding over to like the cosplay side like, you have a lot of people who like recreate these dances and everything else and you really get a sense for like a lot of people just really love that stuff especially since like in japan and in japan in general like idol music is like a thing like a really Oh, it's huge. Oh, it's huge. It's like like one of their their top sellers in the music genre, pretty much. Not not just Japan, too, but like you have K-pop, you have Mm J-pop, and love it or not, I mean, like they have a lot of talented artists and they produce a lot of good music and that goes in hand with dancing, but dancing is like a whole different Oh, that's on its own. <laughs> I I don't wanna I don't wanna get into that like that because I yeah. that's a whole different podcast. But with music in particular, like the idol side of it, like you're getting a lot of choreography, you're getting a lot of personification. Like there's a lot of things that are enjoyable about it, but there's also a lot of things that are really really dark and behind the scenes about yeah it. Very, there's, there's some toxic stuff about it too but what's good about the whole like idol thing is the whole fan interaction thing it's like a, it's a huge thing in the idol community is the fan interaction fan interactions are very important because like as they know like fans are what the reason like why idols continue to do what they do like those interactions they they live for those interactions almost quite literally so mm-hmm. exactly that's, that's a good one but like Overall, idol music in general is very solid, very nice. It's very good for anime, especially since there's a lot that you can do with it. You can do a lot of, like, a lot of people love seeing, like, the characters from their favorite shows all of a sudden break out into a dance, Mm -hmm. a la Haruki Suzumiya, you know. I believe it was the opening that they did that in. It was the opening or endings that they did that whole Um, thing. It was the the ending, and, like, that dance was everywhere when that came out everywhere that dance was the spawn of multiple anime doing character dances that still happen to this day like the most the most popular one that just recently happened not too long ago was the chica dance from uh love love is war kaguya sama oh yep i love that one yep (laughs) like you like different styles different approaches and like to this day, idol music still has a massive effect on a lot of the uh, anime community and everything else. And it gives a lot of opportunities for music music people in general because the music scene itself is not easy to break into. Oh, <laughs> it's so competitive. It's crazy how competitive it is. I mean, most of these idols been doing, you know, this stuff for like years and years to even get even popular in the first place. Like they have yes. to practice. They have to do all this for years and years until they finally, you know, could debut or anything like that. Yes, but then you also get people who take that chance and go different routes, which the next part I was going to talk about is voice actors and music and singing. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the biggest ones that come to mind for me is Nana Mizuki because she oh, not only did music, but I believe she was the voice for a character in Naruto, and I think it was Hinata. I think I so, yeah, if I remember yeah. correctly, I believe so. Yeah. If I remember correctly, she was the voice for Hinata, and she did music for quite a few anime. Oh, like, yeah, like I'm a huge fan of some of her stuff that she does, so yeah. Yeah, like you get, and it's because of these gateways that like you get to look up these artists. Like I found her, and then I looked up for some of her actual music, and I was like, I like this stuff. This stuff is pretty good. Like you get these different approaches or different like things that you get to approach and listen to this music for, and it's awesome. What I love though is there are some that are known for singing and everything in these series and then there are some that are known for having just like a voice that just works in these kind of fields like there's a lot of people who are their voice is so not necessarily polarizing but they're very strong and they get across the message of a lot of stuff and like used in a lot of stuff so what would you say is your favorite in that? See, there's a couple. Um, Steve Bloom is one of my favorites because, like, just to kind of go off on a little tangent here, like, he is everywhere, right? Yeah. He's the voice for Tom and everything like this. He made me like one of Logic's albums solely because he was on it in the uh, little skits that the album had. Uh, the album Logic dropped the intre- the incredible true story, mm-hmm. aka Tits. Yep. Had Steve Bloom and one um the girl the girl who voiced the uh, AI that Tom that Tom was with. I can't from I can't remember her name. I think it's Sarah something or whatever. But um she they both of them were on that album as and it it sounded like it was actually like Tom. It wasn't necessarily Tom. It was the character from the album itself. But what they were on, they were on a journey across the world to try to find a new planet to inhabit for humans. And, like, that's just, like, the story that's the, um, of the album. And, like, Steve Bloom killed it. And, like, you just, like, you listen to the album and then you listen to him talk and it goes into the other songs on the album. And you're just, like, this is amazing. I love it. I know which album you're talking about because I'm, I actually like Logic, too. So I know which album you're talking about. Yeah, no, The Incredible True Story, a.k.a. Tits, is a pretty solid album. It's one of the only ones that I really like about him, by him, besides yeah. his first album. And Steve Bloom's been in so many different anime. Like, he's just, he's he's such a well-known voice actor for things that he's done in the community. Besides just Tom, like, I still don't even know how they managed to land him for that. But, you know, it, it is what it is, and I am so grateful they did. And moving on, who is yours? I'm curious. <laughs> so you wonder, like, what? Like, my favorite, like, voice actor that also sings? I, yeah, give me your favorite voice actor that also sings or your favorite um, artist that's done music for... Give me both of them. Your favorite artist that's done music for anime and your favorite voice actor that sings or is involved with music. Well, I'll start with uh, my favorite ones who actually does, like, you know, covers and all that. And it's always going to be this one because she's, like, my favorite of all time. And she has done numerous anime themes. Um, Kota Kumi. <laughs> always going to be her. Always going to be her. 
that, she, that's a good choice. She has done like so many like intros, outros of of of, of not just anime, but from like games too, and everything like that. Like uh, one of my favorite songs from her is crazy for you um for the anime giggle mesh it was a really popular one but that song is just one of my favorites from her and she like the amount like i love her and her singing and everything and like her style changes all the time like she could give you like that you know that sexy pop song but then she could give you that cute song like she does and um hey Hey Baby from the Shin-Chan series. Like, she did that. And she would give you that vibe. And then she would give you, like, the straight, like, something that you can hear from, like, the early 2000s, like, extremely pop from No Regret from La Vueki. So it's like, I love the kind of things that she does and how she changes it up every time. And it just fits the anime so well in my opinion like the reason i got into some certain animes and stuff like law of working and good giggle mesh is because of her like i had no idea what these animes were i just was like oh let me check out this like oh and then i started getting into the anime i was like oh okay okay like so i appreciate her for getting me into that you know, there there's quite a few uh, artists that uh, I appreciate. And... Yeah, it's time for me, too. But, yeah, what's yours? What's your favorite? So, my favorite, and anybody who knows me already knows what I'm going to say. It always will be. It always has been. New Jabba's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know that. I know that. So, I, like, he, I, I like hip-hop. Hip-hop is one of my main predominant for music in general. And when I came across Samurai Shampoo and listen to the music that was in that was uh Shikino Uda as well like oh like the artist the music everything about these people that about all the people that New Job has worked with in this out in this uh series yeah. was phenomenal and the execution was flawless the style was like a jazz infused like almost modernistic hip hop style and it was a style of its own that arguably sparked the entire lo-fi style. Like, I don't, I wouldn't say he necessarily started it, but he was the one that like really brought it to the front line. And like a lot of people were like, he inspired my style of music. Like listening to his music made me want to do music. And it's a, it's a very relatable thing because like his music is so good. Like doesn't matter what you're doing, what time it is, what situation you're in his music is very consistent and that is like a really really hard thing to do because being consistent for that kind of for that kind of style is absurd especially with all the other kind of music that you like people can get people get tired of music very easily they can listen to it for a little bit they'll listen to it for like a while but like overall as time passes they just stop they're not as you know involved and it shows because like they don't they 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 don't like what's what's the best way to put it they are like oh well you know i do like this song but it is what it is you know i kind of want to go listen to something else and you're like bro like with with his music you're like i can listen to this 365 days of the year and never get tired of it ever like (laughs) ever 
Oh, I said agree. You're right. You're right. <laughs> and it's not just Nujabes from that series. Like it was also Suchi. It was substantial. Funky DL was also on there for a little bit, I believe, as well. Um, I'm trying to remember her name. Uh, the artist for Shiki no Uda. Oh, me, Minmi. I love her. Yes, Minmi. She's yes, like one of my you. favorite J, um, J reggae dance hall artists. Her voice was so well utilized in that ending theme. Well, yeah, because it fits perfectly. Because if I remember, that theme was like a reggae sound. So, yeah, that's her wheelhouse. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's it's easy to... um. It's easy to be like, oh yeah, you can just sing over this beat, but like, sing over this beat that fits your style. Like, that's one thing, but like, to take it another step further and like bring it to another level, because it was a reggae style, but it was still more like clearly a new job as style. Clearly like that jazz, like hip hop and hip hop influenced style, but he made it sound so natural for her to sing that song. Like, I don't think you could ever have anybody else sing that song and it sound right. And like I, I, I would never like shoot look down on somebody else's uh work or cover art or anything like that. But like nothing sounds right when it comes to that song if it's not her. I agree. <laughs> so it's like, like it's, a, it's a, like only thing that she, only her can do it. You know exactly. I mean, Jabez was very good at doing that with everybody he worked with. With Shingo too, lovesick. I nope. I would never want anybody else to sing it. Like it just, it just felt right. Like you don't, you don't think it feels right, but when you listen to it, and then like you listen to somebody potentially cover it, you're just kind of like, this is good. But I like Shingo too. Like the prime example is um, what is it? Uh, the song that I think Johnny. No, was it Johnny Cash that covered it? Somebody did a cover of a Five Finger Death Punch song. Oh, uh, hurt? I'll make you hurt. Yeah, hurt. 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 Yeah. hurt. yeah, it was Johnny Cash. I believe. Yes, it was Johnny Cash. Yes. Yeah. So, like, you listen to the original, and then you listen to the Johnny Cash version. This is the opposite of it. Like, <laughs> I thought the Johnny Cash version was the original, and then Five Finger Death Punch was the cover. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah, you would think that, but yeah, no, it's like it was it was a very nice, pleasant surprise. But like, because like, you honestly, these I thought of... the cover was better than the original. That's how I felt. But yeah, uh, I, everybody does. <laughs> I think, including Five Finger Death Punch. But like, you know, that's <laughs> it is what it is. Like, some people just do that. But like, Yujabas was able to take people, make it sound right from the first time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that's why I loved everything that he was involved in, even though it was really only uh, Samurai Shampoo, unfortunately. And then another artist. I think she did two ending theme songs for Inuyasha. Which one? Which one? It, it's it's hard to it's hard to choose because uh, I, I have so it was hard for me. I had to pick that my first one because she was like my ultimate. But I have a huge list of who I love. <laughs> yeah, like the two main artists that stuck out for me from um the music from Inuyasha, which Inuyasha was known in the early two thousands to have some of the best ending songs oh my the god anime had produced yes. of that time by and, uh, by hitomi shimatani by um what was it uh what was the other guy um ayumi hamasaki yes it's like it's and you actually had all the classics yeah like the one the the two people that stood out for me were duas infinity and namie amuro 
Oh my god, Namiyamoto. I'm like obsessed with her. She's done a she's done a lot. She's done a lot more than just um oh, yeah. she did um she did the opening cinematic for I believe it was Tales of Zilla. Zilia. I think she did the first Tales of Zilia opening cinematic. She did the music for that. And then I think she did a couple other anime. I don't remember off the top of my head. But I know she's, she's been involved she's in a lot one of piece. She's done One Piece. I know that for sure. Yeah, and like she's really good. She has a very good voice. Um, the ending and like this 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 is gonna bring us into the next topic is um execution of anime openings and endings and why it's really important oh, yeah. for multiple yeah, reasons yeah, and not just the vocal sides. Yeah, it's but, the reasons why I got into anime in the first place was because of these songs. Yeah, so like. With anime and endings and openings, continuing about uh, Nami, she did a really good job with the song choice that she had, and then the animation was very good as well because it was a very mellow and kind of like you're not really sure if it's somber or if it's a good or bad situation, but just kind of like thoughtful, like you're they're thinking, like they're in the middle of having their experience, and you're not really sure how it's going to pan out, and that's a really good vibe that you get from that song. It's a very nice. It's very smooth, it's very gentle, it's not overpowering, but like she gets the point across that like, you know, they're in the middle of something they're in the middle of a lot. Like they're going through a lot, they're trying to do a lot, and you don't really know how it's gonna pan out. It shows from both her vocals and the way that they animated the ending from the animation style from swapping from mirrors from Kaguya to one of the other people from um naraku's side like the visuals like these are things that are very important with anime it's like there's a reason why like i like to critique a lot of the anime openings and endings as you guys always hear me and val talk about it's very important because these really are what help that potentially can hook somebody into the show exactly exactly it could be the reason why someone will actually watch it because, like, I don't know, like, I'm sure you notice because, you know, watching the amount of anime you have watched and seen, of course, you know, certain I've seen, like, they put a lot of work into a lot of these intros and endings. Like, a lot of work. Yes, a lot. And um, just to kind of put it into perspective, um, you have... You're opening for let's say something going on currently right now, right? We'll talk. We'll go one old and one new. Both of us. For my new one, one of my favorite openings right now is the opening for Fire Force. I could choose the one for God of High School. I could choose the one for Odigairu. I could choose one of the other uh, Fruits Basket, which is also a phenomenal one. But like. I really like the opening for Fire Force specifically because there are two prominent styles of openings, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. There is the one that is fast-paced and shows a lot of things that may or may not happen that season, but is like gives you a lot of information and really just kind of gets you into a hype mood, right? Mm-hmm. And then there is the somber one, which shows you... Things that gives you subtle hints to things that will happen. And it's very smooth and is very emotional throughout the entire opening. And Fire Force fits into the former where it's it's pretty high it's pretty high paced. Like the opening gives you like 
a lot to digest, but it's also very, it's enough to where you can understand what kind of goes on, but it's not enough to give you a lot of spoilers because there's not enough information given. And then the music ties in because first of all, they got Aimer and Aimer is phenomenal. Oh, Aimer, I love her. Yes, I love her. But secondly, because they use a good song, they have a good artist to do a good song, and they found a good vibe that they wanted to approach with, that music ties in perfectly with the opening, which really amplifies the animation. Because you can't have amazing animation with a crappy song or a crappy song with amazing animation and expect to have an amazing opening. You will have a good opening, potentially, depending on how lopsided it is, but there's got to be some kind of balance, right? Like, yeah, exactly. You have to have some kind of balance when it comes to this kind of stuff. And like, that is an example of a newer one that does it well. An older one, which... Uh, I wonder if you're going to pick one I'm going to pick for the older one because it's one of my favorites, personally. It's it's hard to say because like, there's a lot of older openings that are really good. But what I, the one that I do want to talk about, because I was talking about this uh, yesterday on another thing I was on, was the opening for Gundam Wing. Okay, okay. That's and a good one. That's a good one. It's another good one. It's a little bit more, it's a little bit more on the uh, same side as uh, Fire Force, but it's not as like strong. It is, it's like a little closer to Fire Force, but it still ultimately is a slower opening. And you could say that the ending is more on the opposite side of Fire Force as well for uh, Gundam Wing. Yeah. But over ultimately, like it's a lot of information, a lot of good music. The uh, actually the music that they used outside of the vocals for the, for those particular were very good. Like those songs are those songs still stand up very well to this day and oh, are yeah. very good songs. Oh, very good. I still I still have like some of those songs in in my playlist still. Still have it. Yeah. yeah, it's very nice. Like a lot of these songs, like you know a good song is song, a good song when it can withstand the test of time. Not a lot of uh music can do that, which is why people coined the phrase one hit wonders. Like uh-huh. they're good. But you know, like they're they're good songs, but like they're they're one hit wonders for a reason. Like this just that one song and like you know, it, it is what it is. But with Gundam Wing, both its opening and ending they're very visually forced, but to counteract that, the vocals are very driven, and like the vocals are what's really pushes those openings forward. In a sense, if you get what I mean, like these yeah. vocals, like you're following the vocals through it, and then the vocals are like kind of like telling the story of the opening and the ending in a way that like kind of hoodwinks the uh, watcher into being like, oh, man, okay, okay, yeah, 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 all right. And then you get dropped into the show. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what I liked about that kind of style of um, opening. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, I agree. All right, now now it's your turn. I'm curious what you're going <laughs> to choose for the newer side. Okay, so for the newer one, um, I will admit, I mean, I still watch anime, but I don't watch as much as you, of course. So this has to be something that's, like, part like, has to, like, get me right away. And this is the first one that popped up. I mean, it came out last year, but it's still... I would say it's still new. Um, Demon Slayer. The intro. I love... 
I love I love that song. The song fits so perfectly from Lisa, which is one of my new favorite J-pop singers right going on right now. Her yeah. voice is ridiculous. I love her. <laughs> um, the, the way the intro plays, it's very dynamic. It shows some of the funny parts that happens in the show. It shows some of the serious parts. It shows some action. It's like has like that you know that grayscale, but also has some of the color too. Like the way it's very dynamic, which is what I love. And I like when you know intros are very dynamic. They like don't try to like you know be boring with it. They try to have like you know some fun, some like you know colors, some like poses some like different kind of movements this is what it's going to take it's going to take me to one of my favorite old ones and once i've done with this one so that is why currently i would say in my opinion is one of the best ones in my i don't know how you feel about that like i personally love that well all right so the opening for um for demon slayer is good for multiple reasons Mm -hmm. and not just because of lisa being a great artist yeah it's not just it's not just her but it's not just lisa like it's it's not hard to make a lisa a lisa music theme good as an anime opening like it's it's harder to make it bad than to make (laughs) it good but what makes the opening for demon slayer good is it gives you the perfect analogy of the story like you can pinpoint each part in the opening and to a certain part in the in the series exactly very well and it gives you very little spoilers it gives you all it gives you very little spoilers and yet at the same time a lot of spoilers (laughs) so like you don't really know what the hell is going on y'all yeah exactly but that's like that with like a lot of anime intros anyway but yeah some do it better than others and that is an example of one of them doing it better than most yeah and your old one tank cabo bebop i'm sorry it's I love it so much. Like, the dynamic in the intro, the way it's, like, filmed, the way they make it feel, kind of look like a film noir. Is that? I think that's how you say that. The pop of colors, the way the song plays exactly to how everything happens on the screen. It's honestly, like, one of my favorites of all time. It just really is, and of course, like I said, Yoko Kano is one of the one of my favorite composers, like ever. She pretty much did most of the music on Cowboy Bebop, and I'm just like, ooh, like ooh, like who is she, and how do I find more about her? That's what pretty much, and that's what made me got into Cowboy Bebop in the first place, and got me into her finding out what more stuff she has in the first place. So here, here's a couple things about that, right? The pro- more than just the music in that because the music was phenomenal. The minute production of that opening on the animation side yeah. was absolutely fantastic. Exactly, it was very dynamic. That's what I loved about it. It was different. More than dynamic, it was it was more effective and simplistic. In the way that they approached, they didn't do too much. They didn't use a lot of um, they didn't use a lot of like the uh, animation from the show itself. No, they black. It was basic colors, no mm-hmm. character, just character silhouettes, which is very easy to work with. It was a lot of information in each character, and there was each character assi- assigned a color, and you knew that mm-hmm. from the jump. Exactly. 
and you like by the time you by the time you got to the end of the series that opening like you like you couldn't think of another color that would fit with those color characters out outside of the colors they chose in the opening like exactly fire and it always led so seamlessly into the anime without any issues despite it being a very fast-paced jazz poppy song like Mm -hmm. despite all of that it always led perfectly into the anime without any issues whatsoever like it always like it set the tone regardless of what the tone was like because it wasn't about the overall tone of the show that opening was about the clashing of characters and the character dynamics in the main group and that's what brought it into the show because it was literally like watching the characters getting ready for the next hijinks and adventure in the show yeah exactly that's how that's that's what i love about it that's what like i said that's what made me enter it's like oh what's this show gonna be about like what is this about and then yeah. of course you know i watched it and it's like one of the best animes ever in my opinion <laughs> like one of the best <laughs> it is it is arguably one of the best anime of the of, of its time of its time yeah. definitely of its time yeah of all time you know there's it's it's in the conversation as well like there's, there's a lot to consider with that kind of stuff but uh, okay, that's another conversation for another time uh i will say though overall like other another point thing which is the next top the next topic and the final one not the openings and endings not like the major theme songs but the background music for important scenes is very important in anime. So important. Yes, that's the mood. So the reason I say that is like, there are certain scenes like, uh, you know these songs. Like, me, like, I, like, it's kind of bad, but like, I would never listen to, some of these songs I would never listen to outside of these scenes because that's how, that's how good they were. As, as ridiculous as, as it is, like, you know exactly what song I'm talking about when I mention Bleach. When, when Ichigo's about to go through that thing, and you hear that, you hear that wonderful lady. Ah, yeah, you're just like, oh yeah, it's about oh, to go yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, I believe the composer was Shiro Sag- Sagisu. I believe that yes. was that was the and, composer of that, and ah, the music he did during that, like the background music. The, the you know some of the fighting scenes, some of the stuff that was like you know setting up dialogue and all that, it was great. They did perfect on that, in my opinion. Yeah, they, they it wasn't it was very easy to do. It's like finding finding it's not necessarily easy finding music to fit into certain scenes, but in that in that particular show, it was very easy to do, and then they did it well because it was supposed to be high action with a lot of tense moments and other things, but like. These particular style, these particular composers that do the composers that do these particular parts of the music, where they're in the show, their background music, it sets up dialogue, it sets up anticipation for a lot of things, and you're just like, it's the best. The best way to put it is like when you hear the boss music starting up, when the music changes when you're in a dungeon in a video game. (laughs) Yep. When you see. The save point in a JRPG before a door, but you haven't gone through that door yet. Like you know what's coming you, up, you just you know. know. <laughs> you know what's coming up, and like these, 
that's a very important thing for music and anime because it helps bridge and helps like uh what's what's uh stimulate the anticipation and emotion that leads into these scenes exactly it's a very important thing because a lot of these scenes wouldn't hit as hard without that music especially the finale parts to these too it's like when the music ends like you you feel satisfied like you're either hyped you're you're sad you're mad like you're you're satisfied you're supposed to be where you're supposed to be because the music combined with the animation comes together to give you the expectations that you were hoping for sometimes that doesn't come through sometimes it does when it comes through it's a phenomenal thing that happens and one of the what's let's see one of the older shows that did this well, like for me, was uh, Samurai Shampoo. This that that series is the only one where like I listened to pretty much all of the music that was used in the show because the music was you never really noticed the music was playing; it was kind of always there, right? Yeah, like they seamlessly dropped it in, and you're like, all of a sudden, scene starts and like all the music is going, and you're like, oh, oh, you're just nodding your head, watching it, watching the action go on. And the music is carrying the animation, and the animation is in turn flowing and bringing the music along. So like they're helping each other out and bringing them and progressing forward seamlessly. And like it's not easy to do that. Oh, oh no, no, because because uh, sometimes if a song doesn't fit, they will just destroy the whole mood or like you know what the scene is trying to set up. So if that song is like you know perfect, it's gonna complement that scene. So the scene will like you said, flow smoothly and just be amazing. And it will not interrupt that flow at all. Exactly. And that's a very important thing with music is because like music is music can go from being either the mood setter, the mood ender, the anticipation or the falling, or it can fit into a lot of different things. And I'm glad that I do like music as much as I do. Me, I need to study me, it more. Me too. I need to study music more. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of music that I need to understand, like on a personal level and on a technical side. But like, over the past year or so, it's like I've been listening to music and music and anime in general as well, and like really kind of listen. Like, you're not just listening to the lyrics or the um or the vocals or anything like that. You're listening to like the smaller details the different well. kind of like, instrumentals you'll see in the background maybe like something that's like popping in and out maybe something like it's like a little slight sound that you did not notice before because you wasn't really paying attention that brings exactly. like a more dynamic to the song yeah i've been like that uh, uh for the past like i guess like four or five years i've been listening to more things like that like because i like focusing on that because before i didn't care about that nowadays i care a lot more about that it's more important now. That's why, and like, it's it's a good thing. It's a good it's a good thing to bring up. Like, what's a show for you? Like, like what I said for me for Shampoo, Wow, Samurai Shampoo, that had the same effect, because like there aren't a lot of shows that do it that well. Yeah, it, it's very hard to say. Like you know that does like everything like such perfect. Like I said, for me, it would probably be, like, I'm thinking, like, more older stuff for me personally. Like, you know, things like Cowboy Bebop, I love how they did all their things. Even for me, Full Metal Alchemist, I think they did a great job on that, too, in my opinion, too. That's how I feel. 
Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I mean, but like, that's more like older stuff. I don't know about the newest stuff. It doesn't seem like I don't like it. I guess I haven't watched everything yet, so I can't say like you know if it's like that with all the newest stuff. But you know, you know more than more than that than me. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's there are a lot, um, and like I wanted to briefly talk about this. There's a lot more music shows and music manga too that I've gotten into that are like their whole story is about music and not like where like idols are about the idol side of music this is about the struggles and strife of people actually trying to re- make real music or make like a certain type of music and the music that are in these shows are much more important in a sense that like they have to hit right because oh, if, they yeah. don't, if they don't this is a show about music if you can't get the music right in a show like this then the music that the characters are trying to make in that show are just are gonna fall short. They're just gonna fall short. And it's not. It's not. It's not cool. Like there's a lot of uh, series that run along this line. So you know, it's it's very, it's very well, jumpy. But there was one that I enjoyed uh, from the like the late two thousands. I don't know if you remember this mid to late two thousands. I'm Nana. Yes, Nana is a Nana is a very. Yeah, well, Mika Nakashima did like pretty much all the songs on that one, and I freaking loved that one. Yes, the biggest one for me right now, as of late, Carol and Tuesday, and this is like, I heard good things about that. I love the music from that thing. I mean, I have to watch it, but I so, love the music from it. This is a, this anime in general is very uh, is an anomaly because. You know, more how everything's normally in Japanese to start and then translated to English. A lot of the music in this show was English first and then translated to Japanese. And they chose a lot of different artists and had them make songs for this that fit the characters as well. Like the OST for Carol and Tuesday, arguably one of the best OSTs of this anime's generation. I honestly love it myself. Like I haven't even watched it yet, and I love the music from it so much. Like I have a good chunk of that OST in my like revolving playlist right now because it's so good. <laughs> and uh, this—I'm about to say a couple of things here because like to close out this podcast. Um, the person that produced the anime, we all know who that is. The same producer for Samurai Shampoo, Cowboy Bebop, <laughs> and Space Dandy also did this. Of course, and not shocking. He always seems to get the right per right group of people to compose the music for all of his animes without fail. And it's a very beautiful thing to see because they're not necessarily always the same group of people, mm-hmm. but like they're good nonetheless. And yeah. what I'm about to say, shout outs to my boy Sky Highwind. Uh, I was on his podcast. Uh, a couple uh, last night and the week before and the week before he he said something that uh struck true to me about that it was a little this is a little funny okay if you look at all the shows he produced they're all set in the same universe <laughs> i didn't even think of that so where you have from the beginning is like samurai shampoo and the end be Cowboy Bebop, like Carolyn Tuesday is right before because it's set in a world where 
Earth is basically abandoned and almost destroyed, like, it's war-torn, like, everybody's living on Mars. What was the basis for Cowboy Bebop? Earth is destroyed. Earth yeah. is gone. Yeah. And they're, they're space travelers. And then Samurai Shampoo is an alternate universe where, like, with you, where you look at it, it's like, everything kind of lines up. And when he told me this, I, like, <laughs> sat there for a moment, and I just kind of didn't know what to say. Your mind, blew. Your mind blew. My mind was blown. My mind was legitimately blown. And then, like, you go back, and then, like, on a musical side, you go back and you listen and listen to the progression of music styles in all of these shows. The hip hop side at the beginning with Samurai Shampoo, very action y, very, you know, forthcoming and everything else, very mm-hmm. high mood. And then you get to Carolyn Tuesday, skipping over everything else. And it's like, it's the borderline of, like, hope and there being a chance right like that's that's like just what it is hope and being a chance and then you get to cowboy bebop and it's seldom it's that hope came and it's gone we don't know anymore this is just what it is now mm-hmm. especially you think about ending oh yeah oh. exactly oh. so like when you think about it it's like that's just absurd like it's it, it and like the worst part is too is that like the timelines even match up years wise, like Carolyn Tuesday I think is set like about a thousand years, roughly before Cowboy Bebop would technically be in progression, mm-hmm. give or take, and that yeah. would be about enough time for all the stuff that they have technology wise to fit. That is true. So that that's what I wanted to say towards the end of that. Again, <laughs> shout out to my boy Highwind. That that was like such a that was such a thing to me that I just uh That is awesome and I never thought about that and now I'm thinking about that and I'm just like wow. Yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, uh thank you for listening everybody. Um I do officially will be having a Patreon that will be dropping with this episode when it comes out. And I hope you guys enjoyed. Um me and Valk will be doing something with uh, Halo soon. Um, won't be for a while because we need to do some research, but uh, I hope you guys will like it. And thank you, Outlandish, for joining me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this. Loved, loved being part of this, too. It's like, um, love it. Thank you, thank you. And until next time, guys, I will see you later.